Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Rio de Janeiro, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Politics, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and UFC. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. We've both been traveling. I've been traveling. I'm home for two days. You're home for however many days, TJ. How the hell are you? Uh, I'm good. I, I haven't traveled yet. I will travel uh, moments from now. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and it, it 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 begins a crazy month. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Florida today. I come home and then I turn around and go back to Florida. Uh, I'm leaving today for work. Go back for a little vacation in Disney World, and then uh, before I know it, I've got uh, Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, which is here in town, and then I got to head out to uh, where am I going? Invicta in Kansas City. So. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds fun. I, I had a crazy week. I've been home two days in the last 10 days and all loving it. Uh, I was in Fort Lauderdale, of course. Right. Uh, went into Vegas and did that amazing event uh, the UFC put on, giving away up to 15 dream wishes to children from the, that are part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I can't say enough about the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I can't say enough about the UFC, Dana White, and everybody and what they did for these young kids. And I thank them for allowing me to be a host of it. It was a very emotional, uh, very uh, humbling, wonderful, wonderful event that I will never forget, looking in these beautiful children's eyes as I announced their dream wishes. TJ, most of the young kids wanted to go to Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, there were a couple of kids there that were 16 years old, give, you know, give or take a year, and they chose Paris. One chose Paris and Rome, and the UFC, no matter what the wish, they granted it. Their families are going to Paris and Rome. Their families are going to Disneyland. But most of all, these kids, these beautiful children were happy, and all the employees from the UFC turned out for this event. It was uh, wonderfully covered by the news to give Make-A-Wish some good uh, PR and press for all the wonderful things they do. And it was very, very wonderful for me to be part of this event. I just, I just loved it. That's great. Yeah. Then I stayed in town. I stayed in for a day. I filmed the finale of a very popular TV show. I'm not allowed to give out the information yet because it's going to be a surprise. And I came home for one day, uh, went to Ottawa, Canada. Always love going to Canada. The Canadian fans are absolutely fantastic. I can't say enough about them. Um, we had an excellent show, great main event. You can't say enough. 
about Cowboy Cerrone and Ally Aquinta. That, when I say in a past show, when I say a term, a Pier 6 brawl, what that means, folks, is it's whether it's in the back of a bar, the back of a loading dock, or what we call a Pier 6 brawl. That's where a street fight, and they just go for it. And this truly was a test of heart, a test of will, a test of skill from two awesome, proven octagon warriors. What a fight. Uh, I mean, we learned so much, and I can't remember who said it, uh, but someone said it, and it's cliche to say it, but th there are times when it really is true. Even Ally Quinta, even though he lost, you know, four rounds to 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 one, and and maybe it was even you know ten aided in that time, he didn't really lose in this fight because he showed the heart of a freaking warrior. Like so many people, Buff would have just stopped coming forward. He never did. And then Donald Cerrone, what do you say about this man? Like you know, he's he's the former you know wild cowboy kid who you know was doing jet skis and just tra chasing that adrenaline high any way he can and. Now he's got a, a, a son. Uh, he named his kid Danger, which I absolutely uh, love. But Donald Cerrone now, you know, Donald Daddy Cerrone, uh, still doing things like the cowboy that we know he is and uh, is able to take out a, a hungry up-and-comer like Ally Quinta. I mean, I don't know what is next for Donald Cerrone. Maybe it's a fight with Conor McGregor. Maybe it's a showdown with Habib Nurmagomedov. But I, I will tell you, one thing I'm willing to pay my $54.99 to, to watch Donald Cerrone fight any day. And uh, this guy is still, you know, penning a, a Hall of Fame career and, and doing it at the highest level. Absolutely. And um, I can't really add anything to what you just said because you said it so perfectly. I just want to say if you're a UFC fan, who does not like to watch Donald Cerrone fight? Who doesn't? Uh, people, <laughs> that, people that don't like fights. Yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty much it. So congratulations, Donald. Congratulations, Al, too. I mean, the heart of a lion, both of them. Oh, I, I have a hard time believing that Ally Quinta won't make his way to uh, a title fight again in his career because, uh, again, like, the, the, you, you can't teach heart. You know what I mean? You can teach all the other skills, and trust me, Ray Longo and Sarah have imparted a, a lot of uh, skills upon this young man in, in, in Rage and Al, but you can't teach heart. And I Quinta has as much heart as some entire divisions. You know how I call uh, Kelvin Gastelum the Roberto Duran of our sport. Yep, I'm calling Ali Quinta the Jake Lamotta of our sport. I like it. I respect yep. it. It's, it's hard yep. to argue. And uh, th those are titles you don't throw around willy nilly. No, so not at uh, all. Al, not if you're all. listening, uh, you know, fist bump to you, sir. You deserve that title. Big time, big time. Okay, all the other fights off that weekend, last weekend. Uh, at the Air Center, where was were awesome. You know, everything was good. Everybody brought their their A game. Another excellent show. Now that's the past. Here's the future. Rio de Janeiro, Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas. Hello world. Anderson Silva, Jared Karanier. Hello world. This Jose is a great Aldo, Yeah, Alexander Volkanovski. Right. Hello world. Francisco Trinaldo, Diego Ferreira. Hello Stop world. Up. Stop up. Antonio Rod Rodrigo Nogueira, Ryan Spann. Hello oh, world. Oh my God. Seriously, what a great card worth yeah. every penny. Um, if you're not on the ESPN Plus app, uh, fix that because you need to watch this card. It's a sneaky good card. There's a lot of like I feel like every year I say this, but May is so busy. It's it's MMA. And uh, th this card, I think, is a little bit under the uh, the radar. It's the numbered event, obviously. Um, Rose Namajunas is a fantastic champion, taking on Jessica Andrade, who is more than a worthy competitor. And then you mentioned an undercard that, I mean, 
you know, fingers crossed, nothing happens to the main event, but this is one of those events that would be fine if they lost the title fight at the top because there's just so many intriguing matchups. All you got to do is move uh, the Brazilian hero, Jose Aldo, to the main event. God forbid that ever happens. Right. And even, or Anderson Silva, no, you move Anderson Silva up and Jose right behind him, and you still got an amazing pay-per-view, but let's not jinx it. Right. I cannot wait to see Rose, who is an underdog, to Jessica Andrade oh, in this man. fight. Not often would, you see that. Not often you see the I champion coming. I was surprised by that. I, you know, I don't bet fights, but my gosh, I think John Anik would be all over that. But um, they're just two great war. May the best woman win. You know, that's all I want to see. May the best woman win. I don't know. I I, I know she's the underdog, but in situations like this, uh, your recent form sort of dictates your future. And it, I mean, this this woman beat Yuana Yun Jacek twice. Buff. It's very hard to counter out. Hello. Of course, I agree. Fully. So Rio de Janeiro, here we come. I'll be there uh, Friday. Looking forward to the show. There's another big event that's happening on Friday surrounding the weigh-ins. Again, I'm part of it, but I can't talk about it <laughs> until it happens. So there's some exciting things that are going to happen down in Rio. Looking forward to it. I, I missed, I think, the last two shows. Not that I did not want to go. I was not scheduled for them. I can't wait to see my beloved UFC fans in Rio de Janeiro. Love you all. I'm coming. Obrigado. Let's do this. All right. Now, TJ, um, we're going to do an archive show today because, again, I've got to go hop on a plane. i got a lot of things to do. It is an archive show that I think everybody will enjoy. But before we get to that and explain that, I have to talk about one news story. TJ, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I've never seen it. Not episode one. Never. Okay. Well, here's what happened. As you know, Game of Thrones is considered by many to be, by many to be the greatest TV show ever. Ever made, right? Millions of dollars, huge promotion, huge production, set back in a time in history when there was no McDonald's and there was no Starbucks. Now, there is a thing on set called continuity person. With the continuity person, however they are titled today, because um, this is a title that's been around for many, many decades, actually, uh, is the important job of them is so that when they stop a scene and start a scene, that continuity is there, such right. as right, like if a windshield is broken and they right, yeah, you, you don't want that windshield to reappear not broken, which I believe is one of like the biggest flaws in the movie Twister, like this uh, this truck gets its windshield smashed and then the second time you see it, its windshield is completely fine. Right, and that's what happens along with things like if it's a Viking movie or a cowboy and Indian movie or a gladiator movie. And you notice in crowds are running and you see wristwatches right. on the actors yeah. on the actor's hands. Yeah. Here's what happened, TJ. A scene made the final cut that was picked up, of course, immediately. This is the first time in five seasons. They're having a serious scene inside a room in the castle, shall we say. On the table is a Starbucks cup of coffee. Oh no. How did a, that oh my a god? A Starbucks cup of coffee, TJ. Ugh. Right on the table. Everybody picked up on it. TMZ, of course, caught it. Um, there's only two episodes left. Uh, we're finding out who's going to get killed in, inside the show, but I think whoever left the Starbucks cup is going to be the first fatality on this TV show. No kidding. And <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh because the producers are great people. I, they're, um, I've met them. They just do an amazing job, but even they got a painful guffaw out of this one. I'm sure it's just amazing how with everybody and all the eyes on TV and the editing room and everything that can make it. That was my little news story for today. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, but I mean, these things happen, you know, like it, yeah. it's human error. 
Well, goes to show you, Starbucks has really been working a long time on their brand. No okay, kidding. I mean, back no to kidding. medieval times, apparently. Yeah, it wasn't even trademarked back then because they didn't have attorneys. All right. Um, the show coming up is a show that both TJ and I really had a great time. Uh, originally, it was filmed in studio for video. Uh, the very, very, very funny actors. I mean, comedian Nick Swartzen, a friend of the show. You've seen him in all the Adam Sandler movies. Simon Rex, you've seen him in multiple, multiple films. The Scary Movie uh, series. Great guys, great personalities, tons of fun. We laughed our heads off before, after, and during the show. I want you all to enjoy it. I'm off to Brazil. TJ's off to do his things. Let's leave you with one of our favorite comedic entertaining episodes of all time and it's time we have two very special guests my friend from the ufc my friend from film a man who's an extremely gifted comedian actor and entertainer we have nick swartzen hi nick hi (laughs) Hi, nick and his partner in crime simon rex you all know simon from the scary movie and many other things but now you're gonna know simon and nick better than ever because we're gonna talk about their new show on comedy central typical rick Hey, guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bruce, love you, dude. I love you too, brother. Thanks really for coming on. But the big news here is your show on Comedy Central, Typical Rick. I'm so happy to hear you made this foray again in the TV, but this is going to be more of a star vehicle for you. How's it going? How's everything happening? Tell us about the show. The show's amazing. Um, I created it. uh, I was drunk at a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Me and our director, Nick Goosen, who directed Grandma's Boy, um, I just thought of this idea for me and Simon because I love Simon. He's one of my best friends and he's super talented. So it essentially just came. I was like, wanted to think of a show that was like simple and not too complicated. So it's basically two guys from Iowa that move to Hollywood. And I play a guy that wants to be a dramatic actor like the next Daniel Day-Lewis. And I take myself very seriously. And then Simon's character, Rick, is tags along and is... A fucking train wreck and so he's like loose cannon but like everybody gravitates towards him so he gets all the attention when i'm like busting my ass to like audition and do shit so it's like an odd couple meets entourage essentially it sounds kind of like lethal weapon meets entourage it is a little lethal (laughs) weapon i'm danny glover um yeah uh, i remember nick hits me up and he says we were comparing stories about our our friends from back home he's from minnesota i'm from the bay area and whenever our friends come into town in la there's always that one dude who who fucks everything up and uh we were sharing horror stories about our friends that have come and he's like that's a great idea for a show yeah the plus one from hell yeah the plus one from hell is basically how it started just the guy that just comes in like a wrecking ball like simon's character like it's just doing blow and just like going to just parties and being insane so did you have to do a lot of research for this whole time <laughs> a lifetime of real research uh led to we did coke for 40 years to prepare for this yeah. part i thought i was gonna say 40 hours to write the script but <laughs> you know with, with the show like this i gotta assume that you're gonna have you know guest appearances and stuff like that on so in the first season who did you have on the show this first season, we had uh, Chris D'Elia, who was amazing. He was awesome. And then we didn't have a lot of cameos in the first season, but the second season, it's pretty stacked. We have a great, we have great people. I don't know if I want to spoil it, but... No, don't spoil it. Let, make but, us watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But check it out. It's streaming on Comedy Central, and you can also watch it on YouTube on the Comedy Central's YouTube page. I've got a big poker tournament to play at the World Poker Tour, and there's a lot of downtime sometimes at the table, so I'm going to be... 
on my iPhone. Too. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'll be it's, laughing at the table. They're wondering what the hell I'm laughing at. While yeah. you're making millions, <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. You know what? You know what I did one time. You're t- talking about poker. <laughs> this is one of the only times. I'm not a big poker guy, but I was at um, I think it was Commerce, and I went and I was playing poker, and it was like you know late night. It was shit faced, and uh, I I got a two and an eight. I was big blind, and I got a two and eight offsuit, and I I didn't. You know nobody else like nobody else challenged me so i just you know i paid the you know whatever i was big blind and so you know i got to see the flop and it was a two and an eight and then like a jack mm-hmm. and i was like holy fuck so i just nailed two pair and uh i ended up winning the hand this guy went back and forth with me and he had two jacks and i had a you know two pair and i just i remember i stood up on the table i've never done this ever and he just goes yeah i got two jacks motherfucker and I just went, boom, and I threw down my two and my eight. And this guy wanted to fucking kill me. And I was, I like took the entire, this big <laughs> pot, and then I had to, like, literally, my buddy grabbed me and was like, we got to go. This guy's going to fucking kill you. Yeah, it gets intense, <laughs> man. That's the, that's the vibe at the table. I'm not really into gambling, but it's fucking gnarly. Like, I didn't know the rules, too. I had that happen once where I, I hit when I wasn't supposed to hit. I guess there's just simple etiquette at the poker table, and I fucked the whole rest of the roundup for everybody, and I was about to get my ass beat. Dude, the People, worst is it, it's crazy. fucking blackjack. I was just doing shows in Fort Lauderdale, and I was staying at the Hard Rock, and me and my buddy who opened for me, we were playing blackjack, and he was like, you know, he would have like 14, and, you know, you should stay, and he would hit. And the table, he was losing everybody money, and people were freaking yeah. out. What, what seat yeah. at the blackjack table was sitting? Was it like out of the five or six seats? Was he first base or third base at the end? Was he in the middle? He was first base. Yeah, that's going to screw it up for everybody. Plus, Screwed it up for everybody. Yeah. People wanted to fucking kill this guy. Like, I was screaming at him. I'm like, what are you doing? He would have fucking 16 and take a hit. But, yeah. you know, it's okay to hit 14 into a 10, not into a 4, 5, or 6, which are the dealer's bus cards. Yeah, no, when, yeah. You know, when, the, when, the, dealer, yeah, when the dealer would have, like, a 6, you know, my buddy would have, like, it was just uh, a fucking yeah, you, you mix alcohol and money, it gets a little ag- aggressive. Well, it depends how much alcohol He's, and how much money you're playing with. Totally. <laughs> and you just have to know etiquette, you know, yeah, I mean, I, with I don't gambling know and shit like that. You can't just be loose cannon and go fucking rogue one. That's when you got to take the Velcro on your ass, separate it from the seat, get up, and walk away. Yeah. Got to find another table to put your chips down. Speaking of gambling, I'm going to Commerce today, the place that you played at for the World Poker Tour. But um, in our background, I was mentioning earlier, there's a six degrees of separation because in all the the things you've done, you know, from Reno 911, uh, I remember I went to the premiere of Benchwarmers. Um, you were in the movie and worked with my brother Michael Buffer on um, You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Yeah. And how many Adam Sandler movies have you done? 706. Fucking <laughs> God. I would say... <clears throat> I mean, with Happy Madison, I'd say f- uh, 15 maybe. Yeah, that's the one thing. I, I like so many things about Adam. He's such a good guy. I remember after the movie, my brother ran into him at a restaurant called Paponi's here in L.A., and he said hi, and then an hour and a half later, he left, and Michael left, and he asked for the check, and they said, no, Adam took care of it. You yeah, know? Adam's He's that kind of guy. No, he's a good dude. He's yeah. amazing. Like, he, he'll he do th- shit where it's like, he'll call me up like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I'm like, I have nothing. He goes, I got a plane. Let's go to Vegas. I'm like, okay. I'm like, who's going? He's like, there's like 25 of us. So he would just fucking bring like 25 people to Vegas and fucking pay for everything. Pay for all of our rooms, 
pay for every meal. I mean, like, you know, he's a great guy. Just super generous and, like, really fun. And we, we have a tour coming up. Me, Sandler, Spade, and Schneider uh, that starts in April. So we'll be doing a bunch of dates. You can look at my Instagram at Real Nick Swartz and, and uh, all the dates are posted. Tell me how much fun that's going to be with that crew. <clears throat> that's just like an. I could just imagine having dinner with you guys every night. That would just be hilarious. It's super fun. It's just we're so close that, like, I mean, you know, obviously we know David Spade. Yeah. David's one of my best friends. You know, they're like brothers to me. So it's. It's funny because it's just, you know, like, we do have an amazing time. Like, we're always laughing, but we still, like, fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, brothers, like, we still, like, get mad at each other. And, like, <laughs> are like, hey, man, fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> like, there's still, like, that element to it. Yeah, but that, that high school college <clears throat> mentality is never going to go away. That's what keeps you brothers. I'll tell you a real funny, not funny, but a, a cool story about Adam. He came to the UFC. I don't know if you were there with him that night. And I walked up to him, you know, to say hi and everything. And I said, Adam, I got I to gotta ask you, you know, you always have these icons. You have a tendency to have these icons in your movies, like Bob Barker and David Hasselhoff. Right. I said, why don't you think about putting my brother Michael, you know, Michael's manager. So right. obviously I'm always working. But oh, that's cool. I said, why don't you put Michael Buffer in one of your movies? He goes, oh, that's a good idea. And that was it. And he puts him in the movie. Two weeks later, I get a phone call. You don't mess with the Zohan. It wasn't come try out because we want Michael to co-star in the movie as the guy he co-starred in. Can he come in and do a read, you know, with the crew? And that was it. Two yeah. weeks after I said that. To him. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that's insane. I've insane. never seen anything like it. I I mean, the family vibe that he said, the few times I've been on set to visit Nick or whatever, it's just he created, he created a really uh, home environment at work. Everyone's just seems really happy and they've been there forever and he's taking care of everyone but he works on the fly like that like i did that movie uh just go with it with me and him and jennifer aniston and i remember sandler called me i was at a f fucking restaurant and he goes hey what's up man what are you doing i go i'm eating what's going on he goes can you do a german accent i go uh maybe like this i, I don't know it's like, it took like this and he goes yep good <laughs> and then i go okay what the fuck he goes i'll call you later and then a week later, he goes, yeah, we're doing this movie. And he's like, I got you, like, the co-lead with me and Jennifer Aniston. And really? it was just Yeah, and I played, like, a guy who pretended to be German and shit, but it was just it was just that fast. He just called me really quick. Hey, can you do the voice? Okay. Uh, yep, perfect. Well, you know, there's certain directors and producers like Adam, and one of the guys that's similar to him but does more serious films is Clint Eastwood. When I say that, it's because if you look at all of Clint Eastwood's films, he uses the same crew, the right. same, a lot of the same actors does an incredible job every time he does a movie. Yeah, He's guaranteed, like Adam, he knows who has to come in. You guys are actors. You can play different roles. doesn't matter if you're in the last film or not. That's loyalty, that's friendship, and that's good business, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. But it's also everybody delivers, too. So it's yeah. not like he's not just handing out shit where it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, he has a sixth sense where... You know, like, I produce a lot of his movies, too, and he'll be like, what about so-and-so for this role? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. That seems kind of weird. And then the person will just come in and fucking nail it. And yeah. they'll be like, just somebody totally random. So on your, when you're filming, how many episodes does Comedy Central pick up on uh, Typical Rick? Six. So you do six, and then how does the seasons work on, on that? In other words, you do the six, it runs, are there... 
two seasons a year, three seasons a year. It's like Netflix where it just comes out at once and you could watch all of them. They're only about seven minutes in length each time, each episode. So you, you're going to get a 42-minute season. You know, you can really? binge Really, seven? Well, you, yeah, you could binge watch No, this season's like eight. 10 to 12. Oh, this one will oh, be longer. Okay. But the first season, let's say average seven, eight minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, they're quick. They're quick and just leaves you wanting more. And you can just watch, fly through them really quick. Yeah, these are like really easy. Oh, this is going to be great to watch today when yeah. I'm playing. I oh, really yeah, love you this. Can, yeah, you can pop right through it. So- for our audience, because we talk a lot on the show about uh, the success factor, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, which obviously you guys are creating the show. I mean, no doubt about it. The moment you thought about the concept for the show to take it to sell it, take me through calendar-wise. You did it with this. How long did it take to get here to when you were filming? God, I would say from pi <coughs> from pitch to execution, it was probably... Uh, eight months. Eight months. Yeah. About that. That's that's still pretty quick. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah. Well, he, he's like a mini Sandler. He did the same thing. He just made it happen. He just has the right. you know uh, ability and the and the connections to think of an idea and, and make it happen and just put me in it. And I was just stoked that he thought of me because uh, we've only shot a few things together, nothing on this scale before. So it's fun. And our friend Nick Goosen, who's directing it, has done so much stuff with us. We always do YouTube videos and. So it was just the same thing, that little family vibe. We all know each other. We all fight like brothers and get along and make fun of each other and all that shit. But, no. yeah, I walked into Comedy Central, and they bought it in the room, and then I just started writing it. And then when you're producing Adam Sandler's uh, films, I mean, I know what it takes to be a producer, but it, how much work is involved in that when you're producing one of his films? What, what is your It's a lot. Role? I mean, it depends upon the, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's you're on set every second, so it's... 12 13 hour days and it's just you know i'm a creative producer so like i'm doing all the punch up so i'm like helping with the you know making this scenes better and making everything tighter and you know giving adam notes and giving him you know what i mean other actors too and you know just telling people like oh no try it this way do it this way oh adam don't forget this oh yeah you know what i mean like that type of thing but it's like it's non-stop Right. It's intense. Well, I mean, your career's nonstop when you think about it. I mean, I work in my sports and entertainment career. I base everything on passion. I try to throw it all on the floor. Whether I'm announcing or I'm doing a TV show or a movie, I like to have fun and do what I do. You guys, the four of you, Adam has had tremendous success as an actor, as a producer. You've had what I consider tremendous success as an actor and, of course, as you're talking about as a producer. Yet all you guys, and David Spade and, and Rob Schneider, and all you guys are willing to go out on the road and get dirty again like you did in the early years as you continue to enjoy. Is this because of the passion you have for your career? Is it a combination of the passion mixed with, I need to do this to stay sharp and to be raw? I mean, what is the basic money? There we go. Mm. Came money. A <laughs> lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> no, I, I've, you know, I've been a stand-up for 21 years, and it's, you know, at, at, the, at the core root of myself, like, that's who I am. You know what I mean? My stand-up is who I am. And so my fan base is so loyal and awesome. So, you know, but it's exhausting. Like I'm 40 years old now. So, you know, when, you know, when you run around the country at 23 years old, it's way different. So now, you know, the older you get, like I tour with Sandler and then I tour on my own and then I shoot this show and then I start another movie in the summer and, you know, it gets exhausting. It's it, it, like it, it, it does catch up to you. I've talked to other comics and like the older we get, the more we talk about like, 
just getting on multiple planes and going through baggage claim and going for like, you That's know. That's the tough part. The tra- People ask me it was the hardest part. I tell them the travel. Yeah, it The is. travel, and it's just like, the, you know, and Simon knows too. He tours his dirt nasty, and, you know, it's just like the different time zones and the altitudes, and it's just like, it's so fucking intense. It's just like really, I, like, I just remember touring, like I toured for like three months straight, and I remember I just I had no idea where the fuck I was at yeah, certain points. I still get that. There was a movie before called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. And that's what I say to myself because sometimes I wake up in a hotel room and I'm like, where the F am I? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's happened. I'm going to be 60 in May. And I notice that even that gets a little more as I, as I get older. But I just love what I do so much so I get through it. And we celebrate something together. You're 21 years in comedy. Yeah. Last week I was 21 years in the octagon. No way. Yeah, my 21-year oh, anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Been that long. That's crazy. Congrats, crazy. buddy. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dirt Nasty. Yeah, yeah. Let's a, talk about this. Yeah, it's an alter okay. ego rap character that I uh, I created, um, and it ends up be- being a comedy music show, kind of like what Sandler does. He'll do a song and do you know some jokes, and it, it's a definitely um, very fun vibe that I, I bring out i always tell people you don't have to like my music just come to the show because you'll have a good time right you know i bring people from the audience on stage i do a lot of improving and just it's uh it's hilarious it's fun it's just fun um i don't take myself too seriously i'm not trying to all my songs are definitely comedic based so it ends up becoming a fun night you know it's not i bring out a fun crowd of degenerates who i love <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. There's some loose cannons oh, that man. come out. I just did Portland the other night, which for some reason <clears throat> the Pacific Northwest is just where I sell out shows back to back and just do really well. And uh, man, they just they just come out by the hundreds and are just wasted and just. It's Portland, baby. There's man, herb in the air. Man, <laughs> God, I have crazy. Portland coming up soon. It's a fun city. But yeah, my fan base too. It's like. I had when I last time I toured, I had to go on Twitter and I had to tell people like chill out because people would come and like they get so fucking wild and shit faced. You know and, that's like, because of you though. They they're, they're they're wanting to be you. They're wanting to get into character. But they, they think like I don't party that hard. Like I don't like you know I drink, but I drink casually and like I don't do any drugs. And but people think that it's like this crazy fuck tornado show, and like there was fist fights people were vomiting i mean it gets like crazy <laughs> like and the best was you know i would do theaters but then i would do performance art centers so i was doing places where they would have like the lion king and like wicked and like these musicals and then my show would come in and these like ushers were just like old ladies that like <laughs> weren't ready for the my fucking tornado fans coming in and just raging. And they, I remember my tour manager was just like, yeah, like three people puked in the bathroom. Like somebody fucking fell down the stairs. There was a fist fight. It was, it was just like. Well, you have a rider in your contract, right? You don't have to break up fist fights and you don't have to clean up the toilets. <laughs> yeah. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. But it was just like, oh my God. It's like we created that for ourselves. Like you had a, was, I think one of your albums was called Party Time or something. It You're was just called, opening the door for the party. I opened I the it. big door. Yeah, you did. We both, I mean, we both we did. We both did. Which is fine. It's fun. But like you said, when you get older in your 40s, like it's enough to be traveling and sleeping in hotels and, 
night in and night out. They're all waiting for you to come party with you. Like, I got to run out the back door. I don't know about you, but I have to avoid the interaction with my fans because they have been waiting for me for six months to party with them. And they right. don't understand that I got to go do four more shows the next four nights in a row. And it's just physically not possible. I leave well, right away. And it's like, I don't, I don't drink when I work. Whenever I'm filming or anything, like, like I just did shows in Phoenix. And I would go out, like, to go eat, and I would have to have, like, security with me because mm-hmm. people would fucking come up and, like, give me shots and stuff. And I'm like, I don't do shots anyway. And I was just like, no. And I remember one guy walked up to me with a shot of Jägermeister, and he goes, here, I got this for you. And I go, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't do shots. I'm not drinking right now. I'm sober. And he goes, this is the saddest day of my life. <laughs> he goes, all I've ever wanted was to meet you and do a shot. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. And he was just like, this is horrifying. You know, That's, a few comments yeah. on that after show. I mean, even in respect to what I do, I sometimes take the back ways to get around. And, you know, but I remember one thing I always remember is never forget where you came from, because I'm sure with like you guys, too, you had experiences in your early career walking through the comedy shops or, you know, film sets or cities, whatever. And nobody said a word. It was like crickets. Right. And now they recognize you, and we all should be thankful for totally. that, as I know you are. No, it's a good problem to have. But perception is reality with fans. But it's when they when they go against man law and they follow me in the bathroom or they're taking pictures of me right. or you know that's just that's just wrong, right? You know, yeah. and you're gonna get that if you, the amount of people that come out. The amount of people, be yeah. a couple of guys that could fuck up the night for you. It, it's just the way it is. Right yeah, now. no, I mean, like, yeah, and I'm a hundred percent appreciative, and I love my fans, and I'm so happy to be where I am. But it's funny because Sandler told me. He was like, when I was 26, I just started working with him, and we started filming Grandma's Boy, and Adam goes, do you want to be famous? And I said, yeah. I go, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And he goes, just so you know, once you are, you can never go back. He's right. And I was like, I didn't really understand it at the time, and he was like, yeah, he goes, you can't, (laughs) like, once the train takes off, you're fucking on the train for the rest of your life absolutely and it's a trip dude it's like yeah it's yeah all the like all the time 24 7 well especially when you're creating a fan base like you both are i try to do myself is create an organic fan base you're not it's happening naturally and those are your fans forever yeah totally. gonna love what you do yeah and i'm a completely genuine like when i do my stand-up and i'm very self-effacing and but uh yeah no i've cultivated an amazing fan base but yeah it's just like it, it you know, it's getting better that I'm older because the crowd is getting older too. Like ten years ago, it was way more intense with like people partying and like ripping blow and shit. But like you know, now it's like people are like in their forties, like me. So it's like yeah. it's, it's it's a little bit, but it's a little easier. But I do recommend not taking any drinks from anybody because I've I've avoided being roofied twice. Right. And I only say that because one time uh, I was suspicious of one. The other time. A friend of mine, a female, actually took the drink that was given to me and and wound up going over the edge, and it was obvious that it was a roofie, and I've I've been in experience with that. i got to be really careful. I'll never take a drink from anybody. Never take a drink from anybody public. I've been roofied. If they buy it for you and you're there with them and the bartender brings it in front of you, that's different. Oh, yeah. If they walk up to you, don't do it. 
No, yeah. never. It's like too short. This famous rapper told me, he said, you know, I, I'd never hang out with my fans because you're never going to win that one. As soon as they light up a joint or have a drink with you, then you're you're hooked in. If you're, and, Especially if the picture's taken, you're nailed. Oh, well, nowadays with the cell phone cameras and everything, totally. But just as a general note, he's like, I make it a rule not to party with my fans because it's a lose-lose. You're, you're not going to win that one. They're going to ask you for your phone number. They're going to ask you, you know, once you're nice and just show them a little bit, they people are very aggressive. Yeah, exactly. And then they start hitting you on Twitter like you're, their, you're your best friend. And with all yeah. respect, we're not. We're right. acquaintances. We met. Right. Sorry, I get you know, like you guys have yeah, thousands, hundreds, thousands of fans. You can't answer every right. tweet out there. No. Right. Let me ask you a little thing about the business again. Um, Adam, the blockbuster hits he's had, his last couple films have gone to Netflix. Some people might think that that's less. It's really not because the whole Netflix and everything is becoming such a big industry in itself to release product on. So is the is the money and the financials in Netflix and the exposure similar to releasing a film in theaters? Is this a choice? Yeah, I thought it was genius on his part because I know like working with him so long in the studio system, you know, it was just so much anxiety for like the opening weekend and box office, and he would he would just get so stressed, and it was like doing press and talk shows and you know trying to get it out there so you know the movie opens and you know it was just so much stress on him. And it was like the Netflix deal was so ahead of its time. And he was just like, you know, the movie's out there right away. He doesn't have to do a ton of press. And he has complete creative freedom. So, like, Netflix is amazing in the sense where, like, they don't inundate us with notes. They don't go, like, well, I don't know. if This is funny. Like, the studio system, it was just, like, fucking insane of just executives, like, just trying to justify their jobs and being, like, yeah, I don't know. Does this scene work? It just—I don't know if this works. And we were like, "Yeah, it fucking works." Yeah, but you've been doing comedy for fifty years between <laughs> us. In Hollywood, <clears throat> I've had this adage for years. They don't know what happens, what works until it works. And and I'll give you an example. I've been on the show before. In the in the sixties, uh, they in the fifties they made a bunch of space movies. In the sixties, they stopped making space movies. Then a film called Star Wars got released and did a billion dollars in business, and suddenly every studio's like, hey, let's make a space movie. Never heard of it. Is that right. a movie? Yeah, never heard of it, exactly. Hollywood, they don't. They think they know what works. They don't know what works until it works. And that's where people like you that want to take the leap, and you, Simon, you take the leap to make something happen and say, hey, now I'm, now I'm a pioneer. Now I created something. Right. You know, so but it's funny. Like I remember Mike Myers, when he wrote uh, Austin Powers, and he gave the script to the studio, and... Uh, you know, they were like, I don't understand. So you say, yeah, baby. And he was like, yeah, my character says, yeah, baby. And they're like, I don't, that, that's not that funny. And he goes, no, that's, you don't understand. It's like, yeah, but like, it's a catchphrase, right. you know, right. and they, they like just didn't, <clears throat> and they tried to kill it. And uh, that's what I heard. And fucking, that's, yeah, it was like, that was his fucking catchphrase. That's the age old thing, though, is you get the suits who, uh, want to be creative and they're all operating out of fear because everyone's getting fired so you get this weird battle between the suits creatively and the artists and that's why typical rig's great because they basically are like here just go make it you know and i for the most part they really did just let us do our thing i don't it didn't do you have 100 like percent control uh, i mean pretty much, pretty much 99 that's rare i mean and nick, they just trust nick at this point so like do whatever you got to do and, and just, what about ratings what i mean what if it gets a little uh Explicit nudity-wise, word-wise, whatever. I mean, you guys look well, the over thing, the edge. The thing about it being streaming is that we have 
a lot of freedom. So like that's one reason why I wanted to do it streaming and not on air is that we can swear, we can fucking do anything. Mean, smoke yeah, weed. We can smoke weed and fucking do blow and whatever the fuck. Like, Wait, yeah. for everybody else saying Nick does not do drugs, he's just acting. <laughs> the right. characters. <laughs> the characters. Yeah. But, yeah, we have full creative free. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. That's awesome. Simon, let me ask you, what was it like uh, to be famous pre-internet as opposed to being famous post-internet? Uh, yeah, it's a different world. You know, it's uh, I've been for- fortunate because I've somewhat reinvented myself over the years by staying on social media and looking at it like a job. And I'm working with uh, Weed Maps right now, which is just this huge company. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yelp of Yelp for marijuana dispensaries. And, you know, I, uh, all throughout the years, like I did Vine when it first came out and had like over 2 million followers on there. And people still come up to me like, you're the Vine guy. Like you get, you got to do that stuff mm-hmm. to just stay with the younger audience. It's just smart to be stay relevant because everyone's just yeah. on their phone all day at the end of the day. And, you know, so that's my job to do that. So I try to, I try to make it my job, like to post some funny comedy content or just to do something to just keep people entertained. And then the money sort of comes later. You just do it to do it. And it's fun to exercise that instrument and tool and just stay sharp. Uh, and, and it's really fun also because like, if I think of an idea, I can literally shoot it, edit it, do it all myself and put it up. And it's such a quick turnaround compared to doing a movie or something, you really just get hundreds of thousands of people to have a laugh mm-hmm. and you're just doing it all yourself and it just takes a little time and it's such a quick fix. Right. I love it. So well, it's, it is exhausting now. It's like I find myself on my phone just nonstop so Instagramming, Facebooking, tweeting, just everything. And it's like... It's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. And I remember I lost my phone last year and uh, I just didn't buy a new one for like a week. And like, so I was just like, I lost it, and I was like, "Fuck, I need a new phone." And it was so nice not to have a phone, right? It's like on vacation. Yeah, it was literally. It literally was. It was like I was so relaxed and like not just a constantly. It's so fucking fucked. texting and yeah. like it's a it's, it's a catch twenty two uh, curse. But you know, it's it's an operational necessity to today's business, especially in, in entertainment and it. sports. You have to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, and it's also whenever you get hired. Yeah, when you get hired for a job, whether it's a studio or a Comedy Central, one of the first things they're going to look at is how much social media Absolutely. you guys have. Yeah, make that's this work. a big factor. And I'll be honest, like I'll, I'll promote my own shows when I go on tour, and me just posting one Instagram post or a tweet will fill up the crowd a lot more than the local promoter could do. So it's become your job right. to do that because it does help, and then you make more money and more people have a good time. Are you monetizing your social media at all? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, a little bit with weed maps and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I think we, in the past I've, I did a commercial for weed maps uh, a little while ago. That's pretty interesting. They're cool app. people. There's good people. Listen, that's the. Uh, it's not that it's the future, but it's like there's wild wild west days in industry. The internet became wild wild west. What I mean by that, there's so much room to make money. Yeah, you know. Right. And now with the whole weed industry, whether you smoke it or not, and we propose. Uh, promote the legalization of marijuana and i'm big for it because of strictly for medicinal purposes that people need it for it 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 provides so many so much help to so many people aside from the recreational side which is your your ability to do that whatever you want as an adult i have no problem with any of that i just think it should be legalized nationwide state by state equally and be done and it's going to happen at some point just like the ufc eventually is going to get legalized in every state at some point it was a 23 year trek to get there if you're going to get in that industry now like you're doing, now's the time to get into it intelligently and prepare for when right. there's so much money right. to be made. You know, yeah, totally. So much money. So much money. Good Lord. 
Speaking of money, are you guys during the Super Bowl? Were you the, for the Falcons or were you for the Pats? I was rooting for the Falcons just for the underdog, but right. I was rooting for the Falcons, but I mean, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so like I was stoked, and I, I'm friends with Gronk, and so I, I was happy for them. How painful was it for him to sit on the sidelines, watch that game, and not be in it? Jeez. Yeah, Actually, but I mean, Atlanta that was, was the favorite, cr- right? Atlanta <clears throat> was favorite, so they weren't the underdog. I think Atlanta was no, favorite Atlanta. Three. No, pass oh. were favored by oh, three. Were they? By okay. three. Okay. Trust me, I had a major swing right. on this game. I everybody thought at my party I was losing, and then I came out, you know, with a huge win at the end. I had Agena, you know, I think I went up and down heartbeat right. about fifty million times. What a game! Though, what a, the greatest Holy Super Bowl ever. That really it might was, have it, was, it was unreal. It actually yeah. wasn't the greatest Super Bowl ever in many people's minds. It was one of the greatest sporting events. Ever. That was crazy. Ever. Over time, the whole thing. I mean, it was just unbelievable. How about the halftime? He passed but, Montana, I think, is the best. Oh, there's no you know? question. Statistic-wise, no yeah. question. Tom How about Brady's the, the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. He's a great guy, too. He's a role model. I mean, the guy's like, guys go home. He goes home to Giselle Bajon and makes $25 million or more than he does every year. Wow. Yeah. Talk about yeah, power. I just, I just want to watch them fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just nonstop. I could just I mean, constantly watch them You think them it would sell more than Paris's video, Simon? <laughs> yeah, I would be more interested in that one. You know about his jersey, how it got stolen. Yeah. Now they, they say the jersey's worth $500,000. But ask yourself this question. Where the F do you sell that jersey? Yeah. And the guy that buys it, what can he do with that or she do with that I'll, jersey? I'll buy it and fucking jerk off on that's it. What I, that's about yeah. your only choice. You better get $500,000 worth of uh, baby batter out of that one. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go over a couple of uh, interesting stories here and then... I know you guys got to go on to uh, more riches and, and, and success. So basically, you guys heard of the Twinkie defense? Um, there was a police officer in Florida years ago. Yeah, that, I have heard of that. And he, he claimed that the reason he did what he did was because the sugar in yes. the Twinkies affected right. him. Okay. Well, this guy here, a Florida man, again, accused of making $7 billion in fraudulent fraud transfers, told the court he stole the money because Jesus wanted him to be wealthy. Which is true. Yeah, probably true. Probably, depending on your religion, probably true. So they arrested him, and uh, he allegedly set up wire transfers from uh, in December and claimed to be a, a large, nationally renowned financial institution. He was unemployed, right? So he alleged a scheme by doing, you know, backgrounding number, did all this thing, but $7 billion. Do you think his defense is going to work? The Jesus defense? Uh, Jesus, by the way, Jesus was unavailable I mean... for comment. Jesus could not make he it. He was comment. unavailable. Yeah, he was unavailable. I'll text him now and see. <laughs> well, that's um, Florida's crazy. <clears throat> and is it a judge and jury? Seven making... billion dollars. That's more than I make in a year. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Jesus, it's it's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't think his defense is going to work. <laughs> I mean, unless you just have a real Bible thumping jury and judge. But yeah, that's. I mean, stranger things have happened. That is Florida, though. Yeah, that's, yeah Florida's a crazy state. Florida's, Florida's the craziest. It's the craziest place in the world. Where do you think the hottest girls in, in the United States are? Do you think it's Los My, Angeles I or think, Miami? I think per square block, Miami. Miami. I think they're spread out more in L.A. And every hot girl from every high school moves to L.A. to make it. So yeah. they're always coming in. But my personal taste is I like Latinas with big booties. And, man, that's it, bro. It's Miami per square block. It's mm-hmm. just uh, it's overwhelming. It's um, butterskin and dark hair. It's Vegas on the beach. It's just crazy. And but where are the hottest guys? Montreal. Ooh. <laughs> But Montreal's got beautiful women too. Montreal doesn't only have beautiful women. I love they that have place. beautiful women 
without attitude. Yeah, it's real. It's incredible. It, it, it's Canada's really amazing. European. Canada's. I've never met a root Canadian. I met a lot of inebriated ones, but I've never really met yeah, a root Canadian. So nice. Yeah, they're awesome. yeah, they're so nice. It's incredible. It was weird. I did. Uh, I just did some shows in Vancouver. And it's just like the attitude was just so different. It was so laid back and it was so polite. And it was like, I don't know. They have a utopian society up there. It's really, they figured it out. Just their health care and just the everything, just their mentality. It's a trip. I've lived up there, lived up there a lot over the years and doing movies and stuff. And I, I just love it up there. Well, is Vancouver still a hot spot for filming? Not as yeah. much, but it is, yeah. Because I remember it was for it's quite been, a while. They moved I'm back filming in the, the summer state. there. Yeah. it's It used to be a Great lot town. more, but it's still Great is. town. Now it's moved a lot to the south, like Georgia and Louisiana. They just get a good rate, and they want to keep it in the States more, but it's still up there. People you, still fuck with the Couve, though. <laughs> you talk the about what? the Couve. That's what I call Vancouver. Oh, the Couve. The coo- oh, the Couve. You yeah. talk about uh, where the pretty girls are. If you suffer from a little bit of, or pleasurably suffer from a little bit of Asian fever, you're going to have a lot of fun in Vancouver. I don't suffer from it's that. Very diverse there. I mean, I just, it's just, you're yeah. strictly Latino. More so, yeah. I don't know. I haven't. You like yeah. that in Fuego personality? Because, you know, there's do, a lot man. of fire going on I there. I know, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It I'm tired your of fucking. I'm so over it. I'm just like. <laughs> So old. I like. I jerked off twice yesterday. And was, was it more pleasurable? Bored with myself and disappointed. And just, yeah, that's just how it goes. Maybe just you like, need some more. This. You need some more spank bank material. Maybe you've kind of worn out. I know. Right Maybe I need to just open up my fucking brain and just start <laughs> fucking dudes. It's so fun. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, <laughs> you know, Nick. You, you, Nick's got to be at a loss for words right now, TJ. When does that happen? When does when does that happen? First time in eight years. Yeah, I'm actually at a loss it's for words. Time. Yeah. It's time to not be able to say anything. What the heck's going on here? I have that effect on people. Well, that's a good effect. You're hot and bothered. Hot and bothered. By the way, last week we talked about the Adolf Hitler phone that's being sold, right? An oh, auction. What do you mean? His Adolf Hitler's phone, the the red phone, literally like a movie, the red phone on his desk, which he used and. Put many, many millions of people, you know, to death and, you know, all that horrific stuff that he did, the orders he gave. They found this phone, right? And the buyer who stayed secret, they auctioned it off. Bidding started at $100,000. Soviet soldiers gave it to a British officer uh, after the war as a souvenir, after Germany surrendered. And then it was sold once, and it just sold again. How much do you think it sold for? Just a phone. 320000 U.S. $2 million. A little over. 243000 which is still a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that phone better suck your dick for that. <laughs> Two hundred uh, collectibles Jesus, from World War. Were on it. Yeah. Collectibles from World War II are like some of the highest priced collectibles around. It's crazy. It's Was like, he on Tinder? <laughs> I don't know. Is that where you're going now? Is that your next step? Uh, since you've got to figure out a new way to get your pleasure. Oh no. No. <laughs> no, I can't. Like I've I don't. Never done have, the Tinder. Thing. I can't have sex with strangers. Yeah, that's another thing about being famous, quote unquote, is that you gotta assume the worst in people, and that people are out to get something from you. By Sorry, but true. In. But it's true, and uh, it's almost like like it sounds terrible to come make this complaint, but it's like going fishing and the fish just jump in the boat. Like you actually want the hunt as a man. You want that. You know, it's to the point now where I want a girl. It's so backwards that has no idea who I am and and hates who dirt nasty would be. Not not some girls like I love dirt nasty. I'm like. You're an awful human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't want you in my bed or near me or at a dinner. You know, so and it becomes like waking up next to a stranger is just a fucking worst. Oh my God, it's like just, just fucking feet come. look like a falcon. You know how you can fix that though? 
Margaret, just Margaret. Uber. Just ask them. Uber's a Uber. lifesaver. Uber's man. a lifesaver. Uber is a fucking the big, here, here's fuck. A, the Uber driver. No, yeah. no, no. It's real. Si- it's real driver. simple. Listen, you don't have to drive to see me. I'm going to send you an Uber. You come over. Yeah, it's worth the forty bucks. By the way, I got an early start. I got an early call in the morning. I'll uh, and you've had your fun. Everything's cool. And and say, honey, I got to get some sleep. I'm I'm going to uh, do something special. Have the Uber pick you up and take you home because I don't want you to have to get up early with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's Uber's. Does that work, Ian? Uber's great. <laughs> yep, it can work. Uber changed. <laughs> Uber is man. the shit. Are you gonna be like Charlie Sheen and pay him to leave? I love that quote. Right. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah, it's very. Yep. It's, there's there's so many different scenarios. But getting I, back to what you said, yeah. And I experienced this too because I've even commented on the show that my dating life has actually. I I believe me. Don't cry for me. I have a great time. I'm still single, but. At the same time, Good for it's, you. it's less, well, stay single. Your pockets will jingle, but it's stay <laughs> with your dick, <laughs> but you got to be careful. Oh man. You, women are not women. Oh, I mean, they... girls, women, whatever, whatever the category they fall into, there are females and I'm assuming maybe some males too, that want to get you in a fist fight, but there are people on a mission today to make money easy. And we cover this, like in the lawsuits we go through on the show, some of these lawsuits that come up. People trying to rip people off, celebrities or oh, otherwise. Yeah, you're a target. You're just a target. You're a target. You can't. You can't. You got to assume the worst in people, which sucks. You know. I don't go to strip clubs. Yeah, I don't uh, want to pay some girl's cell phone bill. No, I'm not fucking. I wake up with a boner for free. I don't want to pay for one. <laughs> well, you know what? At least you're still waking up. I with know one. it's crazy, yeah. man. To so be happy about that. Forty-two. I feel twenty-three. I'm so fucking. Forty. We horny. still. You still waking up with one, I, Nick? Yeah, I fucking jerked off twice yesterday. <laughs> I suffer from POD. Fucking miserable. I suffer from POD, post-orgasm disgust. <laughs> as soon as I'm done, it's like, you know, when you're on Pornhub and you rub one out, you can just hit end and you're like, what was I thinking? It's disgusting. But a minute ago, you're all into it and it's, that applies to humans as well. It's very rare that after you're finished having sex, you really want to hang out with them and, you know. I don't crazy. even fucking come anymore. It just it just comes out like fucking just tired glue. It falls out no, like you know, you ghost ever, falls dick. out of your fucking you ever, dick. And you, ever, you ever see the old cartoon, you know, with the, with the volcano and it's, it's going mm-hmm. like this, it's going like this, and all of a sudden it erupts and it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what is going on? Literally. Whoa, that's it age. It just dribbles out like a fucking sad Yeah, it's a I think, sad ghost. It's Ian, a I think fucking... we need some TRT therapy over here for Nick Swarson. What do you think? It's a different story. Folks, we're talking to the... Ian McCall, my friends. We have Ian McCall in studio. Ian, I just got a segue here for a second, and I even text TJ. I was so sad and upset at when you didn't come out for your last fight. I even told TJ at the show before I go, what? What I am happened? praying and praying and praying that Ian's fight's going to happen. Four, t- four times? Five times Man. in a row his fights have been called You're off. You're a fun fighter to watch. Really? I did your podcast. I did his podcast a couple years back with your boy. Really? You're fun to watch, man. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Stay strong, Ian. It's, you know, you're a warrior, man. There's no question. Guys, I really love having you on the show. Is there anything else you want to promote? We got podcasts. And, you got any websites, any, anything? Let them know. We're good. I'll just say uh, at, at Nick Swartzen on Twitter and at Real Nick Swartzen on Instagram. Uh, Check at, out. Come, yeah. come to a live show. Typical Rick. And Typical Amy. Rick. Uh, I'm at SimonRex415 on Instagram and SimonRex on Twitter. That's awesome. And yeah. again, my offering to you, because I do the special recordings from BruceBuffer.com, is so nice there for you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. amazing. That's can really I, cool. Can I make one more? Yeah. Um, because Russell Peters is a good friend of mine. I've opened up for him. <laughs> Russell. He's, he's funny as heck. I've opened up for him at the Comedy Store. When you're at the Comedy Store, because I, I used to live at the Comedy Store. I mean, I swear to God, I was every, my it's Friday night. the best nights, place to be. 
It's the best date. Therapy. It's, oh my god! If it's you want date, if you want to get lucky at the end of the date, let the comedians do the work. Totally. It's incredible. Man, you're so yeah. Right. yeah. You're so right. So right. It's awesome. You just got to sit back and laugh and have a drink. Exactly. Laugh, exactly. Therapy, drink, and then you laugh into their asshole. Yeah. Right? You just laugh on their tits. There's one. <laughs> there's one thing women love more than anything else, and I challenge anybody to argue with me on this. It's called a sense of humor. Oh man. They love to laugh. Man. Yeah, for make sure. Make them laugh. You know, like the old singing in the rain. Make totally. Them laugh. Make them laugh. Totally. Yeah. Make them laugh. Exactly. Now, when you're next up, stand up. Either way, you guys together, hit me up. I'll text you. Yeah. Awesome. I want to, A, I want to see the show. And then if you like me to, I'll come out and give you the balance at the beginning of the show. Yeah, 100% I would do yeah, that. Yeah, totally awesome. do it. Awesome. Fuck this yeah. Is, this is awesome. Thank you. I, I thank you so much for being on the show. You know, Simon, all the best to thank you. Thank you so much. Sincerely. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're a good Nick. man. Bruce, great to see you. I love you, bud. Love you too, brother. He's sincerely. Yes. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Check us all out next week. We'll be back with another exciting show of It's Time Radio. Before then, now and forever. Be respectable to everybody around you. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Be honest. Be strong. Do not lie. Tell it the way it is. Life is karmic. It all comes back to you. Set your goals. Write them down. Be prepared to win because life is about winning. And why? It's time to win. That's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams.